guys, it's Vicky, this is Zone 7, and I'm here today with Pat Cunningham. We're going to talk about your music, your creativity, your artistry. I am super interested when I talk to an artist about how kind of they got inspired to start doing their art. I think for a lot of people, it's just, it's always something that I've wanted to do. And then for some people, it's like, oh, I realised one day that I was good at this. So how did that start for you? I'm not too sure. I think I was, first of all, I was just like interested as a music listener mm -hmm. from very young, like really young. So I remember we moved out of my parents' first home when I was like seven years old. And I can remember having multiple years in the first home being really into music. So yeah, like right. super young. And then, I have an uncle who is a guitar player and I think when he just saw the interest I have in music in general, he started to um, not give me any kind of music lessons or anything, but sort of just tried to keep me interested in yeah. guitar and, and being like a musician and that yeah. kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, I, 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 it's hard to really pinpoint a time where I haven't been inspired or even haven't been like playing music it's really hard for me to cast back I feel like it's just such a part of just everything that I do and who I am it's really hard to find a point where I said oh and I remember on that day or at mm -hmm. that moment I knew I don't really have that moment it's just I feel like it's just I didn't have like this spark and then boom I felt like just out of the womb it was just slowly <laughs> just a, a gradient yeah. you know a really smooth curve to where I am now um but then obviously you have this feedback loop where if you enjoy what you do, you do it more. And mm -hmm. if you do it more, you get better. And if you're better at it, you will enjoy doing it more. Yeah. Etc. And you yeah, and that's yeah. I think that's how we've got here today. And there's yeah. always a tough bit as an artist, right, where you know that you want to do something and you're not quite where you want to be. Right? Like I every time I start a new project or a new skill, yeah. like, wow, I wish I could do this like this person. And it's really hard not to give up at that point where you're like, I'm at the precipice of something, I can feel it, but I just feel like the push is a bit too much for me to give. If that makes sense, like my ego can't take being bad this much longer. And so that, yeah, there's, I do, I understand like the, the ego hit, but I've never really been, sometimes people say like, oh, if you listen to so-and-so, they'll make you want to quit. I've never ever had that like thing about me. It's, I've never been discouraged by, I've, I've been hit by with like self-doubt and when you see someone who's just doing the thing you want to do and you get a bit crushed because you're not, but not to the point where I think, well, there's no point and I just, I should just not do it. I've always, that's always inspired me in fact. Well, yeah. I understand the feeling of like negativity that comes with it, but not to the point where I think like I should quit or mm -hmm. uh, even, even have those thoughts at all thinking that because it's not as good as someone else I shouldn't do it it does crush you because you see people operating on a level that you'd love to operate on but I've always found that pretty inspiring to be honest yeah do you have like a group of people around you who you feel almost feed into your artistry yeah 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 yeah, yeah totally I found that's like a running theme with the people I interview is they have a great group of people around them who have similar goals maybe um, and that seems to be like a driving factor. And also I feel like when you're around creative people, you learn from them constantly, right? This is it. Like everyone says to me, are you, um, you know, are you self-taught? And I'm like, not really. I've not had any formal lessons, but mm. I'd feel, you know, a disservice to everyone in my life to say that I was self-taught. Like I'm, I'm taking lessons off my peers and my community every day. Every time I'm even here with you, I'm sure we'll both learn things from each other. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say self-taught if you surround yourself with people who, um, maybe not even have like similar goals, like really narrow, but are just, 
maybe ambitious in the same way or, or approach their goal in a similar way in which you want to approach yours. It could be totally different goals, but you could have a very similar philosophy and you can, oh, yeah, I like that guy. And, you know, and you then pass that on to someone else. And it's, it is this like this big sort of swirling galaxy of like support. Yeah. And I think a community and a, and a support group is paramount, you know. Yeah, especially because you moved to London yeah. in order to pursue your career, right? Yeah, so that that's true. And that that was actually quite tough because I moved not knowing anybody. Mm. You know, I, I came from a small... T- it's one of those things where you have... Again, there's no flex or anything, but I'm from a very small town and it's and it, you can become a big fish in a small pond quite easy. Yeah. And then you can hit a ceiling. And mm. I knew I was part of the scene and I knew everybody and everybody knew me and it's all cool, but ultimately it was only self-serving. It wasn't mm. that true growth. You know, you become stagnant. And then I moved down here back to square one didn't know anybody and yeah. you, you know you play gigs you you reach out to people slowly but surely if you're if you're at least somewhat talented and mm-hmm. and competent uh, as a secondary but the first thing is a, you know a nice person good person you can hang and everything's yeah. cool then you will slowly but surely grow that grow that sport group again and people say so much in the entertainment industry that it's about who you know and i feel like if people get to know you and you're not very nice, then they're not going to want to do things for you. This is it, yeah. I 100% agree. Like, I always... I've never been the kind of person who's wants to be quick to say who I am and what I do. It's, I think mm. there's more impact... And this actually sounds quite psychological. Like, I don't really think about it. I just naturally feel like I do this. I think there's more impact in sort of, like, the understated mm-hmm. approach, you know. Listen, and when someone eventually... Uh, you know sees what you can do or sees what you're about I think it it hits truer knowing that you wasn't you know super eager to make sure you got that across to someone because there's a lot of that going on as well and I understand why people do it because sometimes you feel like you maybe have a very brief window of opportunity with something and you would you have to take it and I'm all for that as well I, I understand that feeling but I think people can chunk the gun with that and just you know, not read the room as well and not read a social situation and just sort of be over-networking a lot. And Yeah, you do get yeah. that a lot where it's almost like, here's my business card and it's like, where, what happened to hi, hello, my name exactly. is? Exactly, yeah. And so, I was going to say, kind of when, what you were saying about big fish, small pond, yeah. I think that can... If you start in London, because obviously I've always lived in London, it can yeah. be almost overwhelming of like, how do I distinguish myself? So it's interesting to hear about your experience where it's like, I created a community for myself. And then I understood that for in order to grow my music, I had to move away from that. Did that kind of add to the, because I can't imagine moving away from my family and friends. Did yeah. that add almost to the difficulty of moving away? There was... In a way, there is a certain difficulty that comes with that. Like being in a worse position can help you because it gives you that fire under your butt to actually go and do something. Yeah. And I think that's what it was there. Like I'm, I could very comfortably stay where I was mm-hmm. and you know be go at a certain level, but uh, and, be, and be quite comfortable doing that. But you have to make that real conscious effort to know that if you want true growth, you are going to have to make sacrifices. And if that means leaving, like you say, your family, your friends, everything that you've built up before, it just is what it is. But I understand why people don't do that because you get in this um, really comfortable space where, for example, if you if you had a dreadful job, it's yeah. easier to quit to go and do the thing yeah. you love. If you've got a job that's not so bad, it, it pays okay and... It's okay, but it's not what you want to do. You're more than likely not going to achieve your dreams because you're just going to stay in this comfort zone. So yeah. you would have been better off having something worse. So I actually kind of 
you know, cherish the fact that I'm from somewhere that ain't too creative and isn't doing too much yeah. because maybe otherwise I would have never came to London. If I was from like another city or something, I would have probably found myself satisfied and thinking, well, this is okay. It's not bad. It's not dreadful. I can probably do a bit here. But from where I'm from, you can't do anything. Yeah. So you have to move out. So I'm actually quite... I used to think that was a curse. I mean, I see people born and raised in London and think, oh, what, you know, what an opportunity that is to just have all this. But... Um, uh, or any city I used to think that but I think it was actually a blessing that I was from Mansfield because if you know it's made me move out yeah yeah, yeah it gave me yeah. a good it's a good encouragement to actually go out and do something and have you had the chance to perform much in London yeah yeah I perform yeah. all the time so I um yeah literally all the time perform loads I do a lot for the sofa sound gang they've been yeah. they've been really really good to me I play for a couple of different artists as a side cat as well as doing like my own thing as well so always playing and yeah and that's just a great that's that's the best way i think because everyone's in having a good time yeah. when you when you meet someone live because i always think we can be a bit of a, a weird atmosphere approaching someone online you don't know these people but if you're in yeah. the sh uh, sharing the same space and time and you've all just had a great experience with music and you're talking yeah. afterwards there's a lot more there's a lot more positive energy and a lot more trade-offs to be done there i think yeah so that's been very helpful and I know for some people I've spoken to, it's almost like the writing, the music is their passion and the performing it is kind of what they have to do to get it out there. Mm. Would you say that you value both equally or you prefer performing to writing? Not equally. I also prefer, uh, prefer writing to performing. I love performing. I hate recording. <laughs> recording is a literal means to an end. Yeah. You have an idea and for someone to hear it, you have to record it. Mm -hmm. I literally hate recording. However, writing is, yeah, there's this, this certain magic that happens when you write. Um, there's definitely a magic that happens when you perform, but it's uh, it's just that idea of actually, when you start to write, you have literally nothing. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's nothing. And it, even if you're a carpenter or something or a stonemason, at least before you make the thing, you've got the timber, you've got the stone. Yeah. When you create like art or music, you literally have nothing. There's no mm -hmm. physicality to anything. And, turning it into something that you can then pass on to people and people connect with it. So, yeah, it's a really great feeling. Yeah, and it feels great to know that other people appreciate it, right? Like, I see so many interviews where someone's like, I never expected that song to blow up on the album. Like, we weren't even sure whether we'd... It's always them ones. Yeah. It's always them How ones, do you Do yeah. you have a feeling before you put something out about the reaction it might get? Or are you just like, I like it, so I'm putting it out? I used it? to. And, again, I just used to take curveball after curveball I think I would never really write for anything in particular or anyone in particular thinking this is going to do well but sometimes I'd write something for myself and then introspectively look back and say I think that's one mm -hmm. turns out not to be yeah. sometimes you write something for yourself and you go well I kind of enjoyed doing it and it'd be a shame not to put it out so let's do it yeah. and then that's the one so that happens so often that I, I'm starting to lose faith in what's what's you know what's going to be the ones and what aren't going to be the ones. And so much of it is almost like what's the Instagram algorithm or the TikTok algorithm. Them guys, man, they need to get their heads together and work out what's going on because they're switching it up all the time. Constantly. I mean, I mentioned I work in social media yeah. and it's like constant whiplash. It's like today it's video content, then it's actually carousels of photos and it's now actually we want photos with music over it. Yeah. And when you're trying to get your art out to an audience and it's so volatile the way that you do it, do you have almost like a method where you're like, I'm just going to keep doing this regardless of what? Um, I I have more recently taken that approach because it's sort of like a numbers game. The more stuff, I don't think, first of all, I don't think you should just put stuff out because 
for that purpose alone, mm-hmm. just to try and beat an algorithm. Like again, I do sympathize and I understand why people do that because it is it, it is what it is. Um, but I do think the more you can put out and the more things you are doing, just the more chance you give yourself. Because if you can just keep putting them out, if one fails, it's, you can just think it's okay. I've got another one coming. Yes. If something fails and you think, well, I had everything relying on that, that's going to be really discouraging. Yeah. It can be discouraging thinking that I put all this effort into something and it did nothing. I understand yeah. that. But if, if you kind of just treat them slightly more flippantly, you can still put your heart into them, but don't. Once you put them out, that's it. Just let it do its thing. If you've mm. got more to come and you can just keep doing it, then you start to, um, you don't get so attached to if something doesn't do so well. It doesn't bum you out as much. Yeah. That's in my experience anyway. That's why. No, I, I completely agree. And I think so much of being a creative and almost working as your art. Yeah. You have to accept failure and rejection. Yeah, yeah. And it's, almost arbitrary a lot of the time so you have to be like, I'm going to do my best consistently what's but... your process in terms of actually creating your music how yeah. much of it is done with a group how much of it is done you alone in your room yeah it's pretty much all done just me for my music I do write with a lot of other people but that's just because I also love songwriting and maybe there's a lot of stuff that's just not for me and I'd love to write with other people <laughs> but for my music yeah um it, because it's like with the acoustic guitar, I feel blessed that it, it, you can just have them moments, just you in your room, you're not relying on a studio or other people or catching a vibe with someone or making sure the energy's there. I just have me and the guitar mm-hmm. and it's that's the best way for me to create, yeah, usually at night time. Do you find there's something in particular about the night time that inspires you? Yeah, because it's everybody you know that most people are asleep and there's no need to keep checking your phone there's no one trying to call you you know that the day most of the things you've done or you need to do in the day are done and now it's just this this time of solace that you can kind of just be on your own actually i feel like in those moments that's when i get bright ideas 100 percent. so this is again this is my last time i'll uh, harp to technology but that's what's really bad about sort of like smartphones and technology like that. They they do stop people from being creative in the sense that if if you can just occupy any moment that you're not doing a task by scrolling, yeah, your mind is not your mind's not active properly. Mm-hmm. If you, I guarantee, if you find yourself on a long train ride or something with no phone or like you say no reception, you will just get more ideas because yeah. you you know what else are you gonna do? But it's so easy to just like block that out and go on these social media platforms. And that is a bit of a killer, I think, for, yeah. for creativity. Definitely, because it's all given to you, right? Like that dopamine that you would get from creating something you're proud yeah. of or from connecting with something that's artful. Like I it in five seconds. Yeah, and yeah. you don't need to work for it. You're just scrolling, nope. you're not paying for it. It's nope. just, it's there. Exactly that. And do you find that you feel that time writing or just thinking about things that you end up writing or? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's exactly that that you've just that, and that's why the night time comes in really handy because yeah, most people are you know asleep and you don't you don't I, don't, I move my phone out of the way mm-hmm. like it's just just keep it out and just try and have like and the one thing for writing music where that's probably the one thing in my life that that's not a conscious effort for like sometimes I know I should read more mm-hmm. and it's kind of on my to do list I need yeah. to actively do the thing mm-hmm. whereas writing music it's not. I just, I have to, I just do it. It's a constant draw. Yeah, exactly that. So it really, to be honest, it probably is that only 
only thing in my life really which is quite sad <laughs> which is is yeah such a natural draw to just um creativity and like self-reflection and sort of all those like cosmic and spiritual things yeah everything else i have to work for you know like exercise i have to yeah. consciously exercise i have to consciously read i have to anything you know that's like good for your mental <laughs> yeah exactly good for like yeah your spirit good for your health good for anything like that i have to actually work for whereas music um that's just that's not a, yeah i'm not a slave to music at all i'm a it's a friend first and foremost yeah that's really good yeah how do you draw your inspiration is it you look at people you admire their work and you're like i'd take this i wouldn't take this or is it completely internal um it can be i don't know really like i do i do have a lot of what you're saying where i i feel I feel inspired by people who are doing the thing, ne not necessarily be inspired by their work. Mm. Similar to what you're saying, like I don't necessarily look, you know, or listen to a piece of music and think um, I'd like to have something like that or I'd like to write like that, but I'm more inspired that the fact somebody could do that. Could do it, yeah. Yeah, and that, I think that's a, uh, a good fire on the feet, something like that. But a lot of the stuff... Um, I'm inspired just by, yeah, generally internal things like, um, I don't, so I play a lot of instrumental music, so mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't really have like a lyrical narrative or anything like that. And um, I'm not inspired necessarily by, you know, people say, oh, you know, sunsets are inspiring or the, the night sky. And it's not for me, it's more just like really profound moments in my life that, um, and the emotion that I get from that moment probably has very little to do with the actual reality of what's going on. Mm. You know, like one of the things where, you, like nostalgic smells and stuff, just yeah. things like that are like the most inspiration for me or like a deep grief, but not grief for a loss or a grief for um, like a heartbreak, but grief for maybe like losing on a video game. <laughs> just the crushing blow, mm. things like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you can have like these very, deep emotions connected to very arbitrary seemingly benign yeah. things and i try and just latch on to them all the time because they happen in my life so much and only as i'm getting older i'm realizing that that's kind of a quirk for me mm -hmm. and i try and like yeah latch on to them and i use that as inspiration a lot and i feel like we're prepared for expecting for example grief to be a big thing but sometimes yeah. like you just had a meh day and then you drop something on your toe and it's like why do i literally feel ready to die over this, this tiny little thing it. yeah you catch your jumper on door handle or something yeah. and you're ready to cry you yeah, know yeah. I mean? it's the straw that broke the camel's back you know it's when i was younger i couldn't get into music that was instrumental yeah, yeah. i was like i need the lyrics to connect to them right. and i learned to appreciate that it was more than just you don't have to be told a story verbally you can you can experience things without being told what to feel if that makes sense so if you could talk a little bit more about like is it just you want to create something beautiful that sounds nice or is it this is like you were saying i felt this and this is the music it made me create here you go yeah well so what i think is beautiful about instrumental music is obviously i can play similar to what you said there's a bit more ambiguity over mm. sort of like a message i can play in a room and every single person in the room could be interpreting the music differently. Yeah. And not only that, you could play to the same person every night and they could interpret it differently themselves every night. Yeah. So you have this like massive infinity of like what your music could mean. That sort of relationship between like me and the guitar, I can kind of let something just flow through me and like have the guitar do the thing. Whereas sometimes if I'm like singing or it's my voice, I feel like there's kind of, 
kind of two of us going at it. And really, I like the idea of the sort of channeling something and letting yeah. it be really um, like lucid and a bit of a trance, you know. Yeah. And do you find that you often write music for other people to put lyrics on top of or? I, yeah. Yeah, I do that quite a bit. Um, it's nothing, I never go anything with any intention. Mm. I always just write and then afterwards I can assess maybe this is a, an instrumental yeah. piece, maybe this is for for another artist or maybe this is for me with whatever you know this yeah. but i never really have any i don't start out with any of that in mind it just that would restrict you yeah i just take a look at it afterwards you know yeah you're all going for the same goal which is to make great art now if you know that another artist suits that more mm -hmm. that's what you should go for regardless yeah. of how it suits your ego similar to a lot of the time i'll play for other people and We'll look at the songs afterwards and I'll I'll say, you know what, I think it's all good except for my parts. I don't think you need me. I don't yeah. think I, and like, you know, some people don't want to do that because either maybe you won't get paid for the you won't get credit on the record or something, or it just you won't be able to say you had your hand in that or something like that. But if what you're trying to do is make the best thing for everyone, there has to be uh, a mature approach like that and uh, honestly i'm really guilty of it just want to yeah it, 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 i think we all deal with it but yeah yeah um, there's definitely uh, a next level artistry that comes with just getting football and i think that's what these top level songwriters do they know that um it suits someone much better and probably the vision they had was was for them you know like yeah. the way they're hearing this piece of art they just can't get it any other way. So what they'd be doing is they'd be sacrificing or compromising the art for the sake of ego. Mm. That's not a good trait at all, in my yeah. opinion. You hear lots of the greats say, like, you've got to leave your ego and your pride out of your art, which is 100%. such a difficult thing because I feel like we're raised to rely on our ego and our pride so much. It's just a human thing of... I want connection and recognition for the heart because it is hard work. Like art is hard work. It's vulnerable. And we would, at the end of the day, everyone wants to be told that you did a good job. Well yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. But also there's the vulnerability of like, if you're putting it out in your name, if it's not liked, <laughs> then it's like you. that as well. But there's also this sort of like, um, you know, there's this sort of like Peter Parker element to it where sometimes, you know, like you... So I'll play with a lot of people and for artists that are, you know, really successful and everyone loves them. It's great. And it's like, uh, you, you know, you're a Spider-Man then and then, you know, you're Peter Parker and the next day they don't know, but it's, you've got like this yeah. sort of like a uh, secret, you know, secret line. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, there's something kind of mischievous and kind of exciting in that, that you don't always have to, cause I love that. So, you know, when you're playing as a solo artist, you look out and every every eye in the room is staring directly at you there's mm. a lot of pressure on sometimes when i go out with other artists and you play into these huge rooms and you look up and no one's looking at you you have this yeah. oh, it's really nice actually and yeah yeah so there's, you can enjoy the crowd yeah, without you the can, pressure yeah exactly crowd. and and you can my sort of link to what you're saying is hopefully you'd be able to um maybe assess the music slightly more objectively if you know that your name brand ego isn't on the line you know yeah. you can sort of you can you can make decisions purely based on the art rather than how does it how does it serve me as well and that's it as well like as people become bigger artists it's almost out of their hands more if that makes mm. sense like there's more people involved you have to consider the fans you have to consider the music label and 
the anonymity almost of being a smaller artist can be empowering as well almost that thing of what you were saying like it's a good thing i was born in mansfield otherwise i might never have made it to london yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's a good thing i started off with not a very big fan base or i might never have made the mistakes that led me to my success totally yeah totally it's really funny to look back on like your your long sort of like career in something and where you started and like yes and yeah what the building blocks if you look at the ones on the bottom like what they look like and what you know would the structure look the same if if you didn't have those those very same foundations good point and do you find that you struggle with for example that exact same thing that you're saying like stopping where you are and appreciating how far you've come or is it always just go 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 like almost like moving the finish line like i've got here now cool next or there's there's both so for the longest time i was i you know fell victim to being quite bitter and just thinking i'm you know i'm thinking that i've not got the thing and without ever appreciating what i've had but i just did that very that cliche that you there's always an inspirational quote looking around if you just kind of stop and smell the roses for a minute and if you if you kind of look back to what you had on your checklist at the beginning of the year or saying you look now and think mm-hmm. how much you've done and more mm-hmm. um it would be unfair to then think about what you haven't done because it's one of those things where with with growth you're then ultimately going to be surrounded by people who are doing more yeah so you're always going to see it and when as you start doing more you're going to be with people who are then doing more. So there's always going to be people doing things better. But if you can always just kind of take a look back at, you know, where you've came from and, you know, would if you said last year, these are the things you were going to achieve and these are the things that you were going to, you were going to do, would you have been happy with that? And if the answer is yes, then you want more of you got to say, really. Yeah, you've moved forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, no, I don't, it's, and, and, but that thing about, you know, hitting the goal and then there's the next one, that is quite exhausting because, um, but it is what it is, you know, you, as soon as you're sort of satisfied, there's a difference between grateful and satisfied, I think. So mm. I'm, I am very grateful, but yeah, very seldom satisfied. You've always got to move and learn more and, you, you know, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah, and it's always that thing about ignorance is bliss is the more that you learn, the more you realise you don't know anything That's and everyone's it, yeah. better yeah, and the they're all better at doing it than yeah. you. Especially when you're like, I'm not doing anything, I'm not achieving anything. It's like, yeah, but two years ago, you were desperate to be where you are right now. 100%. And so you have to give yourself that grace of, I am where I am, there's more of the road to come. But also I feel people are so young and they're like wanting to achieve so much it's because we all watch justin bieber shoot to fame at 14 years yeah old. exactly like, oh, and, it's, and yeah these <laughs> you know there's child prodigies everywhere that just <laughs> absolutely blow your mind and just think well look if this guy's doing it at nine years old then <laughs> you know what's the point what can happen is you can achieve those things but you can romanticize them in your head and you think that when you achieve them this is how it will feel so you will then achieve them and it doesn't feel the same way. And then yeah. that feels like you didn't achieve them. Yeah. And it's like you did, but you formulated this thing that it was going to feel like. And just because it doesn't feel like that, you now feel like you've not actually ticked that box when you have. It's like you formulated something, you know, fictitious in your mind. Like yeah. You think yeah. that once you get this, this is, you know, I'll do this and I'm going to feel great and this is going to happen. And you do it and you don't feel great and it makes you feel like you didn't do it. And it's like, then you did. It's just yeah. you you've you made it into this thing and it couldn't yeah. it was never going to be that you know it's that difference between happy and content right like i'm happy mm. with where i am but i'm not content like i'm experiencing joy mm. on like a human level 
But it's like on paper, I wish I could do a bit more, which is why I almost feel like with being creative, it's so much less subjective. Like with a yeah, career, totally. like I've been promoted. I have to be happy now because I've got more money and more power. But with creativity, 100%. it's like, okay, I have more fans, but is the music I'm making reflective of who I am? That kind of thing. Do you find that that's a trade-off you have yeah, to face? Always, yeah. I'm always trying to work out what is what is successful and what should I, like you say, what should I be happy and what should I be satisfied with? And where am I getting things mixed up? Like, it's, it's just not linear in the same way that you said, yeah. like you don't have, you know, have more power, responsibility, uh, more money, all these things. It's just, it's just not correlated or reflected in that way so yeah i struggle with that all the time working out should i be happy with this and is this you know is this successful and yeah definitely i love how much we've been talking about happiness and joy it's been lovely to speak with you, yeah, you well. and meet you and show you around Walthamstow. i like um, it it's nice isn't it i like it yeah. um yeah it's been really lovely speaking with you thanks so much thank you, you so as much. well thank you